Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the New Testament reading of James, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, I'm going to read to you again the first four verses of James 2, because it will be some of our focus for today. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit down at my feet, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. This morning, what I'd like to start out with is showing you a picture. Two pictures, actually, of two books. I just want you to look at them for a moment. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Which of those books do you want to read? The one on the right or the one on the left? Show of hands, the one on the left, which is the nicer looking one, okay? The one on the right, which is the less nicer looking one. And if you didn't select either one of them because you know what I'm trying to do? There's a famous figure speech that says, anybody know where I'm going with this? Don't judge a book by its cover. Do you know why this phrase became so famous? Because throughout the course of history, people have judged books by their covers. What if I were to go back to those books and tell you that they were the exact same book, yet you still chose one over the other for some reason, which might be different than another reason someone else has in this room. Or what if I were to tell you that the book on the left is a how-to guidebook on the proper way to watch paint dry, and the book on the right contains tips and advice from the world's most famous millionaires, guaranteed to make you rich. And because you judged the books based on their covers, you missed out on an incredible opportunity whether that's because you would love to have lots of money or because you really like to paint. Now, obviously, we aren't talking about books today, but we often use that phrase to say that people have judged other people by their outward appearance. And that's what we heard from James. And why do we do it? It's one of the most natural things that we do. We look at someone and we immediately jump to a conclusion for good or bad, for right or wrong. And that's why another phrase has come into the world. Before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes. Before you make a decision about who someone is or isn't, live their life for just a short while and see if your opinion will change. I'm going to show you another picture, and this time I want you to tell me what you see. 
you can comment on any aspect of this picture that you like. This is a picture of Pastor Andrew Steckline of Inland Hills Church in Chino, California. And I have two good friends from university who are on staff at this church. On August 25th, so just a couple weeks ago, he attempted to take his own life. And the next day, he passed away. What you might see in this picture is a family that looks like they have it all together. That they're happy. That they're well off. That they are not in any sort of need. It's really a picture of a man who struggled with depression and anxiety, who had all kinds of pain and fear that no one, even his wife, fully understood. Now, why do I bring up this story? Well, take a look around you. No, really, you can take a look around you, and you're going to see people from all different walks of life. You're going to see people you know and people you don't know. You're going to see some people that look like they have it together, and the reality is they don't. You're going to see people who look like they don't have it together, and they really do. You're going to see some people that look like they're rich who are really poor, and some people that look like they're poor who are really rich. That's because there's more to life than the clothes that you wear, and there's more to appearances than just your makeup and your hair. You're going to see people with big smiles on their face, and they're doing it to hide all the hurt and pain that they face. You're going to see people who look unhappy, and maybe that's because they can no longer hide behind all the bad things that have happened in their life, and now they find it hard to smile. And they're tired of being told to just cheer up. You're going to see people that look like they really don't want to be here. Maybe that's true. Because church makes them uncomfortable and they feel like everyone is judging them. Or maybe church doesn't make them uncomfortable. But large crowds do. And you, you have your own stuff too. And maybe it's some of those things we've already mentioned. And so do I. I'm no different just because I stand up here. That's why we have phrases like, before you judge a man, walk a mile in his shoes. And before you potentially make a false assumption of someone based on appearances alone, get to know them and understand where they're coming from, who they are, what their challenges and experiences and backgrounds are. It's a reminder to practice empathy. Or you might also say, it's a reminder not to judge a book by its cover. So before you judge a book by its cover, here's what I would tell you. Read the whole story and love that story. Because we're not talking about books. We're talking about people. People with their own story. People with their own issues. People with their own struggles, sorrows, and joys. Yet all of us have some of the same story. Here's the parts of our stories that are the same. We are all born with sin. 
a sin that has been passed down to us from our original parents, Adam and Eve, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden by eating the forbidden fruit. That sin has been carried from generation to generation all the way to today. We're all born with this original sin. We all have this sinful nature inside of us, and as a result, we are sinners who sin. It's natural for us to be selfish people who care more about ourselves and our own interests than others. We lie, we cheat, we steal, we lust, we take God's name in vain, we despise the word of God, we hate, we're greedy, we judge when it's not our place to judge. We break every single commandment that God has put before us, and we live our lives like we are God and make up our own rules and commandments to follow. God tells us to love him with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we don't. He tells us, as we're reminded of by James, to love our neighbors as ourselves, to love other people as much as I love myself, and I don't. We don't. And because of our sin, we all deserve punishment. Paul writes in Romans, the wages of sin is death. What we all deserve for our sin, for our sinful behavior, is death. And it's not just physical death. It's eternal death. It's hell. It's being forever separated from God. This is where our story is supposed to end. But God had a different ending to our story in mind. Because as soon as death entered the world, God promised a solution. He promised a Savior to come and take away the sins of the world. He promised a Savior who would take care of death, who would do something about the punishment that is ours. And so 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came into this world, true God and true man, who lived a perfect life and is an example for how we are to live our lives. And what do we see with Jesus? What does he do in his life? He hung out with tax collectors and sinners. That means if Jesus were walking our streets today, that he'd come to my house and eat with me. He'd come to your house and eat with you. You know who else he hung out with? Pharisees, teachers of the law, the people who thought they were better than others, the ones who called out others for being tax collectors and sinners. Jesus goes to one of their houses for dinner. That means Jesus never turned down an invitation, even if they were trying to set him up and make him look like a fool. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. Jesus loved his neighbors as himself. But Jesus is more than just an example for us to follow. He is the one who writes the ending to our story. Or shall I say, he rewrites what our ending was supposed to be. Jesus came because he knew that if he didn't, that our ending would be a sad ending that resulted in death and damnation. So Jesus came and took our death and damnation. He went to the cross on our behalf for us sinners, for our sins, for all the times we sin against God, for all the times we sin against others when we don't love God, when we don't love our neighbors. Jesus took hell for us 
because it was the only way that our story could be rewritten. On that cross, Jesus died. The Son of God died for the sins of the whole world, for your sins and mine. But that wasn't the end of Jesus' story, because just his death wasn't good enough. He needed to defeat death. And so three days later, after he died, Jesus rose from the dead, proving he had defeated sin, death, and the devil once and for all. And in his resurrection, he gives the promise that all who believe will have eternal life. Jesus took hell, and in return, he gives us heaven. And this is a free gift from God given to all who believe. And the faith that believes this is also given to us by God freely. And God has given us more of his gifts too that we call the means of grace. The first is his word, the Bible, a literal book that we don't judge by its cover because these contain the words of eternal life. And the second is the sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. You witnessed a baptism this morning, and while it might look like just water, it's so much more than that because water is joined with the word, and when that happens, it works the forgiveness of sins, rescues from death and the devil, and gives salvation to all who believe. And so you look at Finn, a child of God who has been rescued, forgiven, marked as one redeemed by Christ the crucified, who believes these words and promises because children, even infants, can have faith. Just because he can't speak to his faith does not mean it's not there. And the second sacrament is the Lord's Supper. Not merely bread and wine, but the body and blood of Jesus Christ through the power of the word again gives forgiveness, strengthens our faith, and gives salvation to all who believe. And in faith, we love God and we love our neighbors as ourselves. But it's much easier said than done. And that is why Jesus has given us his Holy Spirit to help us lead a God-pleasing life, to love like him in faith by his grace. Because it's not always easy to love God. It's not always easy to love our neighbor or even to love ourselves myself included. Just like it doesn't mean that our struggles will disappear, they may always be with us. But Jesus promised to be with us always, even in our struggles. And then, as we heard during the baptism from Matthew 28, we are called to make disciples of all nations, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with all people, baptizing and teaching them so that Jesus Christ can work in their life and rewrite their story too. A true love story about God who loves his people so much that he would die and rise for them. A story that goes from death to life, from hell to heaven. A story that is for you, for me, and for all people. And for all who believe, it is the best story with the happiest of endings. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.